What a wonderful joy to be here once again. And you can find our passage in Acts chapter number 1. And I want to thank you very much again for the friendship that we share here with Good Shepherd Baptist Church. And I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for Good Shepherd Baptist Church. Now, I know many people are missing today, and that's fine. This time of the year, a lot of people travel, and I understand that. And there's some new faces out there. That's great. There's some people that uh, we've tried to invite as well to come. And uh, again, I would not be here if it wasn't for you. You sent me and my wife on a cruise. You did. And if you didn't know that, you did. You know it now. You sent uh, my wife on a wonderful cruise just this last week for four days. And God, God bless greatly, really, the opportunities on that boat to rest. And you have to understand sometimes it's hard for uh, certain people to rest and uh, certain people's wives to rest. And uh, Pastor Lloyd's a very smart man. He's like me. Very, very smart man. And uh, he understands that I would never go on a cruise. I would never say, hey, I'm going to go on a cruise and you know, swipe a card and go. Uh, he knows I would never do that. Now, holiday for me is like uh, looking after my six dogs you know, all day long. That, that's holiday for me. But he knows I would never, ever go on a cruise. And so sometime back, maybe it's been over a year, I'm sure, uh, he graciously uh, presented a very great gift to my wife and I. And just this last week, we were able to cash in, I guess you should say, on that uh, gift, and I want to thank you very much. It was a very restful time, and I think that's what it was all about, and looking at God's beauty, and you know, yes, I missed my six dogs, but guess what? You know, on a cruise boat, sometimes you have to sit with other people. You don't get your own little quiet corner to eat, and so we're sitting with other people eating, and I'm missing the dogs, and we start chatting with the people across the table, and the one man was a veterinarian. <laughs> so I got my phone out and I wanted him to see my six dogs and we talked and chatted about you know diseases for dogs you know like hepatitis and parvivorous and all these you know fancy words you know and we did chatting about dogs and dogs and dogs and dogs and you know one breakfast we're sitting at the table and I'm the only man at the table all these ladies are are seated there and come to find out during their little chats, you know, that they're all teachers. And, of course, my wife is a teacher, a principal of our school as well. And I'm a teacher every once in a while when I'm not looking after dogs. And uh, <clears throat> it was a wonderful opportunity. And all of a sudden, we just kind of dived into the, uh, to the conversation and was able to present Christ, able to talk about Good Shepherd Baptist Church on many occasions, able to talk about our Savior so many times. I even told them a crocodile story. I mean, they're eating their breakfast and their eyes are wide open and I'm talking about this crocodile that ate this little girl and boy, it was just wonderful breakfast conversation. <laughs> it went really well and they were spellbound until I got done with the story and then they slowly get up and they're walking out of the restaurant, you know. <laughs> but listen, we had a wonderful time and I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts that you, you have this comradeship with my wife and I and our ministry and you've helped us, you've prayed for us, you faithfully support us and presented us with a wonderful gift. And I say thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts for that gracious gift that you gave. And it was all about enjoying God's beauty, wasn't it? 
I mean, I wanted to drive the boat. They wouldn't let me, but uh, it was all about God's beauty. And I think the four days that we were on that boat, it just, it just proved the thought over and over again how great he is, how marvelous he is, how wonderful our wonderful Savior is to you and to me. Amen. A joy. A joy to even preach as well. Uh, you know, I consider it an honor, a great honor to be with uh, Pastor Lloyd on many occasions in the past, sometimes in Papua New Guinea, sometimes here in Australia, and it's been always a joy to share a pulpit with him or to be in a meeting with him, and uh, he asked me just to give some thoughts here this morning. And you know what? God burdened my heart several days ago and gave me some messages to preach. Problem is, he hasn't given me liberty to preach them this morning. I mean, they're good ones, too, you know. I, I have one about the wise men, and it's kind of an offshoot from a message that I preached many, many years ago. And there's one uh, considered about the star of Christ, and God just hasn't given liberty. But he has given liberty to talk about something different this morning. Now, I love Christmas time. And, you know, if, if it's Christmas time that's going to make the world think a little bit about the star. If it's Christmas time, you know, the 25th of December, that it's going to make the world stop and focus a little bit on giving. I'm for it. Now, I understand. I'm not for the commercialism, you know, the making a buck and you know, the business growing and things like that and deceiving. I, I, I'm not for that. But if it's making the world stop and realizing that Bethlehem's manger actually took place. Wow, I am for that very greatly. But I think sometimes you and I are caught up in it. And I'm not, I'm not chastising you this morning. I'm your friend, all right? Just got off the cruise. I'm your friend. I think we forgot sometimes that the first coming of Christ opened up the door for the second coming of Christ. You know, I look in my Bible, and I've read my Bible many, many times. You know, being saved 40-plus years, some of you haven't even reached that age yet. Uh, being saved all those years, I've read my Bible at least once all those years since the day I was saved, and I've read it sometimes, several times in that year, and I've studied it, and I looked into it, and I researched things, and, and I've delved, just dug myself into the Word of God, and you realize there are 800 prophecies concerning Jesus Christ in the Bible. 800 prophecies concerning our Savior, Jesus Christ in the Bible. And you know what? 300 of them have been fulfilled Concerning his first coming. You know what that means? If you're good at math. 500 prophecies. Unfulfilled in the Bible. Are about his second. Coming. And the events that take place afterwards. Only 300 about the first coming. So the first coming of Christ has opened a road that is needed for the second coming of Christ. The star of God came first. But the trump of God is coming next. And 
I think sometimes we get caught up in this time of the year and it's like, wow, there's so much to do. There's so many activities. There's so many presents that I got to go here and I must go there and I have to go there and I must go there that we sometimes get caught up like the wise men. We're still gazing at the star, but the star has shown. We're, we need to be waiting for the trump to sound. The trump to sound. Oh, I love, I love the Bible. I love prophecy. And in a minute, we'll get to Acts chapter number one. I'm just trying to get warmed up just a little bit this morning. Isaiah chapter 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And he picks it up in chapter 9, verse number 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And it goes on glorifying that one that would be born right there in Bethlehem's manger. Oh, many times I think of the star. Many times I gaze back at that star that shone on that wonderful day. Bethlehem's manger and the story that led up to it. And how God safeguarded everything throughout the Bible, including the lineage of Mary. Can you imagine Mary, a direct descendant of Adam? True? If you don't think so, it is. All right. But can you imagine the second Adam being in her womb at the very same time. The first and the second. You just take, take, take the magi that glanced at that star, those, those star-studying men, those aristocrats of the area, maybe of Mesopotamia, those that gazed at it and knew the prophecies about it and marched and marched and marched towards that star. And then, of course, you know the story in the Gospel of Matthew and all that took place with Herod. And then here, after such a long journey, that star appears again. Oh, wow. Right above the place where Jesus was with Mary and, and Joseph. The star. That wonderful star. Oh, I love that Christmas story. I'm sure you do as well. What a wonderful time of the year we are in. Born in Bethlehem's manger. Lived upon this earth 33 and a half years. Walked that road of ministry with his 12, didn't he? Betrayed. Rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. You say, I don't, I don't understand the wise man brought him gifts for a king. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. You know, everybody knows what the wise men brought. You know, go to any country of the world, ask them what the wise men brought. They'll know what they brought. Why? It was published. Wise men aren't afraid of publishing what they give. You know, you and I shouldn't be either. We should never be ashamed of what we give. But you realize that those wise men gave those gifts on our behalf? 
So they not only published their giving, but they gave by proxy. They were giving on behalf of you and I as well. Oh, I love that star. I love, I love the birth of Jesus Christ and the road that he walked all the way. And then finally walking that road to Calvary where Jesus Christ was hung upon that cross and shed the very blood of God for you and for me and died for me, for John Gray. Just a nobody died for all mankind. You know the story. Again, we get close to the time of Easter and it's repeated over and over again. And I know the commercialism of the world kind of jumps in there as well. But again, it makes the world think a little bit about Calvary, doesn't it? And if the world thinks about Calvary, I'm for that as well. He walked that road. He died on the cross. He died for you. He died for me. He shed his blood. Three days, three nights later, 72 hours, he arose victorious over death, over hell, and over the grave and defeated Satan, defeated sin, defeated death. Now for 40 days he's been with the disciples, Acts chapter number 1. We finally got there, didn't we? You thought I forgot. I'm old, I'm not that old. I was born in 19, yeah, we'll leave it, we'll leave it right there. 40 days with a resurrected Savior. Gone a long ways from that star. Forty days he's walked with them in that body of light, that glorified body. Hallelujah. And then, you know, in Acts chapter number one, they're just a little bit curious. We didn't read it all, but they're just interested in like, uh, can you kind of give us some information about the kingdom? You know, you know, things didn't work out maybe like uh, we thought it was going to work out. But can you give us just a little understanding and maybe give us a few thoughts? And then it comes to our reading beginning in verse number 7. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. That tremendous verse we use so often, everyone probably has memorized it, but ye shall receive power. That command to be the witnesses to what God wants us to be. Wow, what a wonderful passage of scripture that is. And then all of a sudden, and as we have read already in our service, he's taken away, isn't he? He's caught up. And the disciples are there and all of a sudden Jesus is, is heading up and they gaze up into heaven as he is taken. And then there, there, there's, there's, there's two men right there, men in white apparel. And they're standing there with the disciples and you know, it's not bothering the disciples that these two men in white apparel are, are standing there. And it, honestly, I think they saw them on the Mount of Transfiguration, but that's a different message. Anyway, they're, 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 they're staring. And he said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? And I believe Christianity is gazing. Up into heaven. Now, I'm not being critical, no. 
I believe Christianity has put the gear in neutral. And just like the shepherds gazed at that star and of course that angel came and said, Behold, I, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Just like the wise men gazed at that star, those aristocratic rich potentates of another land, and they marched and marched to find it. I believe today you and I and Christianity in a whole is still gazing up. Trying to see what's already gone. And failing to remember it's no longer a star we have to look for. It's already come. It's no longer a baby in Bethlehem's manger that we need to be finding. It's no longer up in the air do we need to look. It's not about the star of God anymore. It's about the trump of God. The trump. Of God. Let me give you a few thoughts on listen for the trumpet. Listen for the trumpet. Let's look at the coming of Christ. That was one, yes. That was the first advent, yes. Let's get our minds on the second. As we approach this Christmas time, let's get our mind not just on the star, though I thank God for it, and I do no disrespect to it, but let's get our ear tuned to the trump. A couple thoughts and I'll be done. The manner of His coming. And if you do not normally come to Good Shepherd Baptist Church, they have a great pastor. You do need to come back when he is preaching, when he is teaching. I was here last Sunday, gave some great thoughts I mean, I have a message right here in my Bible. You can, it's right on this piece of paper. Daniel chapter 10, verse 19. Wow. He gave some thoughts and boom, I took off on it. Thank you for that, preacher. I appreciate that. If I ever make any royalties on it, I'll make sure that I send some your way. A fantastic pastor and a wonderful church. Please make sure that you come back and please join us also this afternoon. I invited people from the cruise boat. For some, some live, you know, here, here in Brisbane, and, you know, some didn't want to hear about anything, but, you know, when you're at a table and they're eating, they're not going to leave, and boy, you can talk to them. I talked to a man, he's, he's, he's from Manila, and he's, he's a worker. He, he, he cleans tables after everyone eats, you know. It's like, well, I was going to say the zoo, but I better not say that because I was there. But, uh, you know, everybody gets done eating. There's people that's cleaning tables all the time, cleaning tables and cleaning tables. And he was a table cleaner, and he's from Manila. And I chatted with him, and he says he's getting off the boat two weeks in Brisbane, staying in Aspley. And I said, great, I'm going to tell you something. Sunday evening, Carol's in the park. I need you to be there. And he, he seemed a bit interested, and then all of a sudden he seemed a bit, you know, away. And I said, I'll tell you what. Christmas time is a wonderful time of the year. And he's listening and listening. Hey, they're going to sing Christmas carols. A wonderful time. A blessed time. There's going to be food and activity and a message from the Word of God. It's going to be something that you need. But I want to ask you something. And I'm thinking, 
how am I going to witness to this man who's busy cleaning tables? So I thought, I can say, are you a Christian? That's one way. True. I've done that. I can say, have you ever been born again? That's a great way to, yep. I can say, if you would die right now, would you go to heaven? You know, there are many things. So I thought I would put it this way. I said, do you know how to pilot this ship? He says, no, I clean tables. I said, do you know the Lord still may come back during this cruise? And let's say our captain and all the crew there in the bridge, you know, deck 14, whatever, Let's say they're, they all go, and you're left on this cruise boat going, you know, 30 knots on autopilot or whatever. What are you going to do? Then you know what he said? Where's Jacaranda Park? <laughs> so I gave him directions again. That's a blessed park. Going to have a wonderful time. I even proposed to my wife, Melissa, at Jacaranda Park. I should get back to the message. <laughs> the manner of his coming. Oh, I like it. Matthew chapter number 16. And I better hurry up here. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall, shall find it. In verse number 25. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul, the Bible says? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his works. You know, we need to start listening for the trumpet. Because there is a reward that's coming to you and I. Oh, like the wise men brought their reward on behalf of you and I, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. There is a reward that is going to be given to you and I. I wrote some thoughts down and used them recently. And just think about these thoughts as we talk about the manner of his coming. Number one, first of all, he went up bodily and visibly. Is that true? That's true. He went up bodily and visibly the first time. He will return both bodily and visibly the second time. Next thought. He was gifted by wise men at his first coming. True? That's, you're supposed to say yes. You know, just let you know. He will be gifting wise men at his second. We all must appear where? Before the judgment seat of Christ. The first coming's expenditure was a cross. The second coming's exaltation is a crown. The first advent was led by a lamb. The second advent will be led by a lion. The first thing Christ received on earth was a body of flesh. The last thing you and I will receive in flight is a body of light. Hallelujah for that. His first coming brought him five wounds. His second coming will bring me five crowns. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to 
according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. The Bible says, For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And I like John chapter 14. And who could preach a message on the coming of Christ without quoting this? Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me, he says. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare place for you I will come again I like that I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also oh I love that star the star of God but there is a trump the trump of God it's next it's next in a moment in a moment. Secondly, let's look at the mystery of his coming. And, you know, if we look at the first coming of Christ and wow, what mystery surrounded it. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Again, the Lord shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And I can go on and on and on. Look in Luke chapter number 1 and you see Mary... And you know, I'm a firm believer that God's will for my life must be done by John Gray. I don't think you can do it. Now, I didn't say you can do it. No, no, I didn't say you could perform where I am. No, no, no. I think God's will for me is so singular that I'm the only one that can do it. Mary was the only one. God didn't have a list and say, Gabriel, if the first one, you know, backs out, go to the second one on the list. And, and I heard a message one day that it didn't say it that way, but oh, my heart was troubled. God found the best. God found the one. What mystery. Remember when Gabriel came, that annunciation we called it, and he came and said, Hail! That's a very, very precious word in the Bible. Hail thou that art highly favored. Wow. Blessed art thou among women. He said, listen, God has chosen you. God has chosen you to perform a task upon this earth. You're going to conceive in your womb. You're going to bear a son. Shall call his name Emmanuel. Wow. He said the, the Holy Ghost will overshadow you, didn't he? He will give the strength and the power and all that is needed. It was God that's going to do this in you, Mary. And I need to tell you something. You perform God's will in your life. It is God doing it. Mary had nothing to do with this. You and I have nothing to do with what we do. We are a vessel used by the Almighty. We are a vessel used by God to perform His will. What mystery? And I can go on and on about the mystery of that first coming, but we're looking at the trumpet. We're looking at the second coming. We're looking at what is going to take place at any moment. It's a mystery. Behold, I show you a mystery. 
What wonderful verses we all know in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I don't know about you, but you know, I like to come to Brisbane, and you know what I watch? While I'm driving, you know, a bit dangerous, not my driving, but my eyes. I see all these cars I don't see in Papua New Guinea. I mean, I get as close to them as I can when I come up to the light. And I, I see utilities, and I see nice cars, and I see antique type of, uh, you know, cars that have been reconditioned. Whatever. My eyes are just on all cars, you know. And my wife has to remind me, you know, keep your eyes on the road or the light turned green or whatever. And I am watching cars, watching cars. You know what? I love cars. I just love to see the brand new ones. And you know what? You ever see someone driving something about 20 and 30 years old? You know, the kind that you have to go like this in the front? <laughs> You're laughing because that's what you drive. <laughs> or the kind that run very well downhill, but they don't run uphill. Or the kind you have to kind of push while someone lets out the clutch and it... I have, thanks Rob, I have lived with this model for many years. Guess what? I want to trade it in one day. And you realize it might be 2017 model I'm trading it in for. Are you listening? Do you realize you may not get to Jacaranda Park this evening? You say, well, I'm still gazing at this. No, I need you to listen for the trumpet. The mystery of his coming. God may give me 2017 model to drive as I'm flying through the air. Behold, I show you a mystery. Uh, Wow, what a wonderful, we, we shall all be changed in a moment. Some of you might take more than that, but in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, wow, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And I like this, and we shall be changed. Hallelujah for that. Now, I understand, you know, the, the coming of Christ. I understand the second coming or the second advent of Christ ha has some divisions. And, you know, I'm not going to get into all that. Your pastor teaches you on that. We have what we call the rapture, the rapture of the New Testament church. You understand? We have the revelation of Christ that takes place afterwards when he comes back to earth. So there is that division, that twofold division. But the rapture itself, what we are waiting for is also twofold. Because there's the resurrection of the dead saints. Those that have gone on before you and I. Oh, just think about those that through the tears that have rolled down and you've had to plant them and bury them in the ground. Those of loved ones that, that have gone before you and I. There's the the resurrection of the dead. It, it was pictured on the Mount of Transfiguration. One of the men standing there already was dead and came back. Who was that? Moses. He pictures those that have gone before us. But you know what? There's a second part of the rapture, the translation 
of the living saints. Do you realize that's you? Jesus may come today. Listen for the trumpet. That was pictured in who? Elijah. You know, Elijah never died yet. And he's on the Mount of Transfiguration, standing there with Moses, picturing you and I who have never yet tasted death. I like 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, for, for, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan. Don't you understand? We beg, we cry, we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the exchange. I'm ready for the upgrade. I am ready for the 2017 model. This vintage business is, you know, getting old. You know, this push start is just getting bothersome. I'm ready for the trumpet. Philippians 3, 4, verse 20 and 21, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also look for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall change our vile body? Wow. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. According to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. You see the second coming necessitates the first. The first coming demands the second both are needed to complete the salvation God has given me. In the first coming, it was all about my soul. But the second coming is all about my body. Listen for the trumpet. Jesus is coming. I need to get to the last point, the motive of his coming. And I like Matthew chapter number 24. And just listen to me as I close up here. The motive of his coming. The Bible says, watch therefore. Matthew 24 verse 42. Watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come. He would have watched. And he would have suffered, not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. You know, I've learned one thing about thieves. Now, he's coming as a thief in the night. He's not coming as, he is not masquerading as a thief. No, no, he is coming as a thief would come in the night. When's, time, when's the last time the thief sent you a text message? Two o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, I'll be there. Keep the front door unlocked. Tie the dog up. No. He is coming as a thief. Be also ready. What does the thief do? He takes the precious things. Would you agree to that? If not, just anyway, agree with me. You see, a thief could break into my house tonight in Karama. And you know what? Underneath the table, he, would be, he could break in and he would be crawling on the floor. You say, why crawling? That's because I have six dogs. Um, and the one he has to get through, 
already took his two legs off. So the thief would be crawling without legs, okay? In my house, my little house, and under the kitchen table are all the old dog toys. My dog just stores them there. They're the ones he has chewed on for years, really. And he just had a birthday, by the way. Three years old. For three years, he has chewed all these toys, and he puts them right under the kitchen table. Now, can you imagine the thief breaking in my house and seeing those old, chewed-up toys and wanting to steal them? When maybe a watch would be laying, a valuable watch right next... No, no, no. That doesn't make sense, does it? Can you imagine him breaking into your house and stealing the old shoe that's in the corner? Been chewed up by the dog, the cat, and crocodile, and everything else. Been, can't even find the partners of the shoe, just laying there somewhere. You think the thief would? No, 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 no. I'm telling you something. The thief only takes the precious things away. Unannounced, they're gone. Without warning. You see, I don't know about Australia, but in Papua New Guinea, the, those that break into our homes are very good at it. They're experts. They can break in, steal the precious things, and go out. Never noticed by anyone. I'm going to tell you something, Christian. The most startling event is about to happen. Don't get me wrong, I love the star. I wanted to preach on the star, but I couldn't preach on it. God didn't give me liberty. But ye men of Galilee, we were still gazing. We're gazing in neutral because we forgot the star of God has already shone. Now it's time for the trump of God to sound. The rapture of the New Testament saints. It's the bride of Christ. We won't talk about all that. Going to meet her bridegroom. Can you imagine a wedding? And the pastor mentioned there is a wedding taking place today. Can you imagine the bride and the bridegroom? Their thoughts are upon each other. In fact, nothing else gets in the way of the thoughts of the bride and the bridegroom. And you know, when we gaze in neutral, I believe sometimes our thoughts are drawn away. Though we're looking up. Though we're not doing wrong necessarily. I think sometimes our thoughts are drawn away. From the bridegroom. Oh I need to tell you my friend. Listen for the trumpet. Listen for the trumpet. The manner of his coming I need to tell you. It's an elective coming. Which means what? It's a time of separation. It will separate husbands from wives. Being honest. Fathers from mothers, 
It will separate children, will it not, from parents. It will separate the saved from the lost. It will separate friends from friends. It will separate brothers from sisters. Luke chapter 17, verse 34, I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. One shall be taken, the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one taken and the other left. What's it all about? You say, I just don't understand. I'll tell you what's it about, what it's all about. God is removing the salt from the earth. You and I, we are the salt of the earth and inside you and I the spirit of God indwells with us and what is going to happen at the trump of God Christians are going to be taken the salt of the earth out of this world the spirit of God taken out of this world and the world is going to fall into the downward trouble of a rapid degeneration and moral putrefaction and it will produce a world ripened for the judgment of God some Christmas message isn't it listen for the trumpet the salt of the earth will be taken away I like 1 Thessalonians 4, for the Lord himself. You know, I understand that he used others in the past. I understand that Gabriel had to to appear. I, I understand all that. But I just feel very, very loved when I read this verse. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Wow. The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. The trump of God. You know, maybe in this busyness of life, maybe in the busyness of a Christmas season upon us at work, at school, in our community, at our churches, maybe the busyness of gazing has not only caused us to remember the star, But maybe we're still gazing like it's going to shine again. No. That star shone. And what a wonderful star it was. The star of God has shone. The trump of God is coming. Be ye also ready. I like Isaiah 55. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. My friend, you're visiting with us today. Don't you play around with the convicting power of the Spirit of God. You gamble with God, you lose. 
God is working on your heart right now and you realize that I know about the star, but I'm not sure about the trump. I want to tell you something. He's coming. More prophecies about the second than the first. He's coming. More scripture about the second than the first. He's coming. And nothing is holding him back. He is just waiting for the Father to say, it's time. And even before 2017 expires and a brand new year begins, he may come. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Isaiah 55 verse 6 and 7. And the righteous man, his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. You're here today with us and you do not know him. You do not know Jesus Christ. You may know of Bethlehem's manger. But you do not know the lion of the tribe of Judah. You do not know the savior of this world. You do not know the one that was crucified on the old rugged cross that shed the very blood of God for you and for me. Why don't you come? Why don't you find him today? Why don't you let one of the men or the ladies of this church open up this precious book, this Bible, and show you the way of salvation? Listen for the trumpet. Listen for the trumpet. The star has come. The trumpet is next. Christian, have you forgotten that? Have you been caught away with the season? I don't mean that in a wrong way. Have you been caught away with the work, the labor, the money, the buying, the commercialism? The have, are you gazing? Maybe without a purpose? Are you in neutral? Listen for the trumpet. I got on that cruise boat. I've never been on a cruise boat. In fact, Brother Rod dropped us off, and I appreciate his family opening up their house to my wife and I. What a, what a blessed family. Thank you. And, and so we're dropped off and we got our suitcase and it's like, great, it's going to begin. And all of a sudden, I turn the corner and I see this boat. Where I live, we have boats. <clears throat> They're fiberglass. And, you know, the one I used to have is about 19 feet long, you know, and put a little outboard motor on the back and, you know, started that thing up and I could go where I needed to go. I, we, look at this. I mean, I couldn't even see the top. The clouds were up there, you know, it's so big. <laughs> and I'm thinking, we're going to get on that thing? We were in awe. And then, you know, we're, we're checking in, and it's just like going to an airport, really. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but we've got to go through customs and everything just to get on this boat. Haven't even left Australia. And 
you know, go through x-ray machine, just like an airport. I'm thinking, wow, what, what, what have, what's he got me into, you know? <laughs> and then we get, we get on this thing, and I'm amazed. I mean, you walk in it, you think, you know, you're at the Hilton Hotel downtown somewhere. And, oh, elevators and stuff. See, I'm not used to things like this. I live in a little swamp. More people on that boat than in the place I live in. You know, our, our room's on the 10th level. I'm thinking, ah, oh, you know, get a nosebleed, I get that high. And <laughs> you take an elevator, you know, all the way. And then there's hundreds and hundreds of rooms. And then finally we find ours. And, you know, and just about at that time, it's time for us to leave. You know, they got, they got all the technical terms for all that, but for me, we were leaving. And, um, you know, they took off all the ropes and everything like that, and, and the tugboats were out there. We're right in the Brisbane River. <clears throat> and these tugboats start moving us. And we're going backwards, you know. And we're... I'm thinking, hey, we're moving. <laughs> we're moving, you know. And we have this little balcony, little, little veranda balcony, you know. And so we could open up this glass door, and we're sitting out there. And we're, you know, watching all the little people down there in their little boats, you know. And we're, we're up here in our big boat. And uh, <laughs> we're just standing there, and we've got some seats, and we're sitting down. We're watching those tugboats, and they're pulling us away. Then all of a sudden, that tugboat turns us around because... The captain's going to fire up the motors, the engines. And boy, I'll tell you what, they get the engines running in that thing. I don't know how many they have. They would give you a tour, but I wasn't going to pay for it. Anyway, and so, you know, you can feel that boat shaking with those straw, blah, 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 blah. Those motors are going, wow, man. And we're, we're now on our own power. And we're, head, we're very close to the airport as, as we leave. I can see the planes coming and going, you know, waving to all the people. It was just wonderful. We're sitting right there. Watching the river, watching the people, gaining momentum, gaining speed. You know, it reminded me a lot of our Christian life. And what God has brought in our way and how God has helped us and strengthened us. How God has brought us maybe up to the level that he wants us to be. And we're there on that level, level 10, room triple two. And we're just, we're seated right on that balcony. Then there's a big bridge crosses the water. Gateway bridge, and if I'm wrong, you forgive me. We don't have things like that where I live. And we're sitting on that veranda, and we go under that gateway bridge, that massive bridge that spans and suspends across the Brisbane River, and all of a sudden, the captain or someone up in the bridge Maybe looks at the person, points the finger. Boo! 
We were right under that bridge. You know, I imagine this, this elderly 98-year-old lady on her motorcycle, you know, and that, that boop probably scared her half to death. And we were sitting there on our veranda. And you know where everyone else was? They were at the very top. And you know what they did? They went, woo! Then I looked at my wife. And tears are rolling down her cheeks. And she says, that's what it's going to be. One of these days, the trumpet's going to sound with a shout. The voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise. Friend, we're getting close. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, maybe you were ready for the star of God. Are you ready for the trump? You know what? My mind just went as she sat there and both of our tears are falling as we think about the Lord coming back. I thought of that song, There's Coming a Day when no heartaches shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace. Forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day. Glorious day. That shall be. There'll be no, no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sin. No more pain. Or sorrow, nothing. It goes on and says, but forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. Glorious day. That shall be. You ready for the trump? The trump of God. Maybe God's working on your heart and you're not ready for the trump of God, Christian. Maybe you've been gazing a little bit too much, not accomplishing what you should. I ask you to come. Maybe you're here and you're not certain whether you would fly when the trump sounds. I ask you also to come. To take someone by the hand and say, can you show me from God's word what I must do to be saved? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a day. Glorious day. That shall be. As we stand to our feet and our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and the musicians come. I'll ask our pastor to come. Are you ready for the trump of God?